This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to Body Count, the podcast where we believe history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes and a proud member of the Big Heads Podcast Network. Our only rule when we choose a topic, someone, or as is usually the case, a lot of someone to die. We give you this series of events in a narrative fashion, and by the end, hope to correlate said story with current events. I'm not PBS, Ken Burns, or Dan Carlin. If you want a Hoover Us, Just the Facts, Man history podcast, we're probably not going to be for you. I tell you this now, there will be analysis and opinions. I'm not reading names and dates at you. So if you don't love that idea, go ahead. We're not going to be for you. My opinions are my own. Know that I hold all of my co-hosts verbally hostage. Direct your hate at me, folks, where it belongs. It is also said that tragedy plus time equals comedy. So no, we giggle at some occasionally rough subject matter. If we don't, we cry but we're warning you now to avoid offending. If you're okay with all of that, let's continue. I'm your host, Jessica Manor, and I'm joined today by my co-hostess, Bethany Skelton. What up, everybody? Mm. Hello. Oh. Coming in with that some all. energy. Coming yeah. in. Ah. Coming in. Sauce. Salsa. 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 Cheers. Salsa. 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 I'm on my second as well. So as usual, we have a lot to get to today. But yeah. first housekeeping. Yes. We are now part of the Big Heads Podcast Network, which is a great collection of podcasts. We're super excited. Please go and check them out on social media, everyone. If you love the show, please, please, please go and give us those five stars on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You, quite frankly, can say whatever the hell you want. It's not for us to feel good. It's not to make us feel better. It helps us out on the business end, and it really helps other people find the podcast. Also, go check us out on Patreon. It's only a dollar a month. Go check it out. We comment our way through some fun historical drama. So I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you watch along with us. So, Bethany, yeah. this, is shorty. this is a shorty one today, but I believe we he- all know about being short. <laughs> yeah. we do especially you and i um especially me of you and i yeah. really quick though i think you have a disclaimer that you should announce to everybody because it works for me as well yes disclaimer so we have our first disclaimer and very for once while we have disclaimer number two and this is disclaimer number two we don't speak car okay <laughs> that's it that's all I need to explain. We are going to fumble on probably names and parts and anything because today's topic is about, uh, you know, a, a car crash. A car <laughs> very, crash. Very, very and a car race. 
and a very, very <laughs> famous car race. And we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to be, we're not that Pros. right. We don't keep car. We're not pro. Um, we understand about this the- much, which if you could see my fingers is, 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 is a smidge. <laughs> They're pressed together, right? It's that gap between it's, the fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we know a fingernails gap about cars. So please, if you're, big, <laughs> if you're a big car person, forgive us. We are doing please. our level best. Yes. Level best. Okay. So here's the thing about today's topic. Human beings are always pushing the limit. And the seed to test the limit, expand our horizons, and our, our kind of tendency to turn it into a competition has, without a doubt, led to unprecedented discovery. We can't dispute that. Mm-hmm. Um, planes stopped being war machines, and they made the world a small place. I mean, you can leave the United States and, and be in Australia, boom, like that. Uh, yeah. I, if I could snap my fingers and it not screw up your ear holes, I would. Um, <laughs> chariots are just cars now oh yeah <laughs> like really nice cars <laughs> really, it's a really much. nice chariot <laughs> sweet chariots mm, it's, the instead of loved it. instead of horses we have horsepower <laughs> pretty much instead That's of gladiator really car joke <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it though. Bad car joke. <laughs> you loved it because, well, we're not into cars, so. <laughs> well, we're not into cars, but I thought it was quite clever. I enjoyed it. I took it for everything it was. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, because we're obviously not, but whether you're a fan of the auto race or not, you can't argue that cars are awesome and can continue okay. to get more awesome. Yeah, because need to push the limit. I mean, the car that I have now, I feel every time I get into it, I go spaceship because there's buttons and knobs and things light up, and I'm like, spaceship. I'm in a spaceship. I, I feel the same way about it. I'm like, burr, burr, hello, Enterprise. Like that's that's what I feel <laughs> like I'm driving. Whereas I didn't necessarily, you know, 10 years ago when I had my other car, I thought it was state of the art, but it's not, right. it's not. So we yeah. continually push limits and it gets better. So especially in terms of safety from everything to road construction, the roll bar, I mean, where do you even learn you need a roll bar? You need a roll bar when you've rolled your car six or seven times. <laughs> Isn't that, aren't roll bars really on like um, Jeeps and stuff? Yes, um, and and they are built into the inner construction, not just on a roll, but but they're built into cars, all cars today. Oh, oh shit! Hey, they hey, it's got that nice something. shiny. Ah, they've got that nice shiny. I mean, that's the basic construction when you're doing the cab of the the vehicle and everything. There are those roll bars because you can endo any car. Yeah. Oh, Um, oh God. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Right. But where did the most horrific of wrecks first occur? Well, none other than the auto. Exactly. The auto (laughs) race. Go ahead. I was just going to say whether it was, you know, professional racing or illegal racing. <laughs> or we some find out. in the 
great. You know, we find <laughs> out. Bird racing. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. We're from the South. We understand that. Right. Yeah. The South mm-hmm. and the Midwest. Yes. Nobody knows better. Um, but all of that, thinking about car crashes, it's going to take us to our body count for today, mm. which is going to be the Le Mans disaster. Oh, which is when error and accident mixed to absolutely horrific effect to <laughs> teach us our limits as well as improve our day-to-day lives. Yes. Um, now, we put the body count at the beginning this week because this is going to be a shorter episode. We've already pretty much recorded it once, and it was a crap out. So here we are again. <laughs> And we're tired of talking about Le Mans, so we're going to run through it, guys. Sorry about you. Um, body hey, count for still, the Le Mans. We're still, hold on. We're, we're still giving it our all. I mean, I don't really remember the first recording, so maybe this is a good thing. <laughs> I don't either. It could be a big surprise. <laughs> it, who knows what uh, we said? Yeah. I imagine it was probably rather intoxicated. So, I mean, we're only mildly intoxicated for this one, so it could be. My better producer was like, oh, yeah, this sounds bad. You need to record versus y'all talked about some dumb shit. You need to do that over. (laughs) You two bitches sounded crazier than can possibly be imagined. And we don't want to put that out to our viewers, more than likely. Maybe take two, lay off the alcohol. No, sir. No. No. <laughs> no. Well, that's just not gonna happen. We're sorry if we don't. I mean, if we didn't get blitzed, if we didn't get blitzed and talk about this stuff, we'd cry like Bethany did the last twenty minutes. Oh of my a... god! Thanks for bringing that up again of part four of Herbal. I will never let that. We were way too sober Trying. for that. Well. <laughs> Our threshold for pain wasn't just deadened like no, it usually I, is. No, I can tell you right now, Jessica, I had, I had been drinking. And I was actually, that's why I asked so many questions in that one, because I was like, all right, I'm trying to focus here. Let me get this on track. My brain is not working on all cylinders as it usually is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, when I was crying, I thought I was, I was trying so hard to like, I was like holding my mouth. I was like holding my breath. I was like, <gasps> And I was like, oh my damn. God. And I heard the recording and you could hear it loud and clear. I was like, damn, this is embarrassing. <laughs> That's the problem with our new recording system, too. When it does work, you can hear like a silent part. So <laughs> you can hear the <laughs> of air. That's the problem. You can so- smell it. <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> you can smell it through whatever the system is. Are we ready? Body yes. count, the Le Mans yes. disaster. Body count, 83 spectators, one dead driver, and 183 estimated injured. Um, this was a pretty monumental crash, so mm-hmm. it's going to get really, really metal in a hurry. I love it when you say that. <laughs> metal AF, man. Metal, metal AF. AF. Let's start with the 24-hour Le Mans race, which is an oldie but a goodie for you car folks out there, as we understand it from our husbands. Yes. Uh, as soon as I said it, my husband was like, oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, oh, do you want to do this podcast? 
episode. <laughs> you want Jessica to tell the story to you, sweetie? Like, <laughs> or maybe we should just have my husband on and cut both of us directly because, again, there. we don't speak there. car. And it's going to be very apparent here pretty, pretty soon. So the race started in 1923. It's the world's most wicked endurance race. It's old. It's prestigious. It's like being the king shit of Turd Mountain of endurance racing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is all that endurance racing ever was. But let's go back to June 11th, 1955. Which uh, when it went horribly wrong. I just want to point out, I'm super bummed that our first recording did not hold place because our first recording, we were recording and it happened to be June 11th when we recorded. When we recorded and that's the real bummer, but it's June 13th and we're giving her a second try. So it is (laughs) in a way, know that we originally, one, did not intend this to be an anniversary issue and two, um, it didn't end up being one. So yes, yes I'm super. <laughs> I'm super excited, and then I'm like, oh, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> and that's what happened. Just what happened. So yeah. everyone was real jazzed up about this particular running of the Lamont. I don't even know. I I just assume that it's like horse racing Mm. um the running of the preakness or the belmont or the derby so i'm gonna say the running of the le mans ferrari jaguar good to me it sounds right right yeah yeah i mean yeah all right so again everybody's real jazzed up about this running because ferrari jaguar and mercedes beans No, I know it said Mercedes-Benz. I was just being a dumbass. Um, because we don't know anything about cars. Just reminding okay, everybody wait. once again. I do know those names. I do recognize those. I know Ferrari, Jaguar, and Mercedes-Benz. I know those names. Those are nice cars. Those are nice cars. We do know that much. So give us some credit. Um, now, all of these particular racing houses, and I assume that you call them car houses like I I don't know but all these racing houses had taken the title in recent years and each was on hand with these shiny new wheels ready to just shove down each other's throats when they took home the prize (laughs) you know yes great basic basic human nature here we are competition yep yep competition there's a lot riding on this one, in other words. So Jaguar, like, saved their car virginity every year specifically for Le Mans. And, and had, did, you just say, did you just say their driving virginity? Yeah, their car virginity. Like, all these other, you know, all these other got into the Grand Prix, and all these other did Formula One all year round, but, like, Jaguar saved, like, their sweetest car, Cherry, to be popped specifically for Le Mans. Like, it was the creatures, 
It was the creature's daughter of cars that they brought to Le Mans. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it because, again, we don't take car. Um, The Jaguars saved it every year for Le Mans. They had an all-star driver lineup, which, again, we don't know anything about racing, but apparently it was like the Yankees bench back in the day. Uh, I don't know. Like, it it was just, it was rolling deep with a lot of money invested in this race. Um, So, invested in the cars and invested in the drivers, correct? Correct. Correct. On this team was a man by the name of Mike Hawthorne, which in 1955, he was apparently, I don't know, a driver to write home about. Um, <laughs> God, we're so out of our, we're so out of our depth, Bethany. It is stupid. This is stupid. Um, he was a driver to write home about. Oh yeah, because I forget it's 1955. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was put a postage today. I met the most handsome race car driver ever. <laughs> You can't not call this a history podcast. I'm using colloquialisms from the day. (laughs) (laughs) Mercedes, however, wasn't to be scoffed at. Um, They had the car of, like, cars, apparently. And I'm not going to insult anyone and describe why it was the tits, because I'll sound like (laughs) more of an idiot than I already do. Um. (laughs) I will say there was one crucial part of the car that must be addressed for the purposes of our story. It's brakes. Oh, God. I mean, here we go. If that's not another plot to a movie or action movie, I don't know what is. It's always about the brakes. I believe it was the plot to Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Can't hit him. Can't hit those brakes. (laughs) the problem is going to be that they actually did and they were largely ineffectual um (laughs) mercedes mercedes 300 slr lacked the more modern disc brakes that their rival jaguar employed um i'm not going to try to talk about it was it was like a bag thing behind the driver it, it wasn't just to say it's not it's not a more modern brake that we would recognize today which jack wire already employed um so the mercedes so while, and the and the same can be said of austin healy 100s which were okay. also in the race so, so mercedes had slr i just want to make yes. sure i understand two types of cars so the mercedes 300 slr and the Healy 100s did not have the modern disc brakes that Jaguar had, correct? Correct. Boom. You okay. hit that on the head, which heavy foreshadowing with that, right? Like, <laughs> Freddie foreshadowing Jessica and Bethany, like, ah, why team. don't you go ahead and write the story? Um, foreshadowing. Uh, so sorry. on the Mercedes team was one Manuel Fangio, but also racing that day was driver Pierre Levey for Mercedes as well. Now Mercedes had two teams in the race. Does that make sense? 
yeah, that's there it's was just one like, race with one car. It's it's just like you see now. You teammates think Talladega Nights. Yeah, yeah, with the Ricky and Bobby. Come on, uh, Ricky, let me win. Who's like, how can I let you win when I win? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, why, yeah, why, yeah. Why am I always the one? But in essence, the fact that there can be same car, two different teams. So that's what Mercedes was up to there with Bongio in one car, LeVay in the other. And of course, they switched out, but these were the two beginning drivers to try to really get ahead in the race. Um, because this is a so race that like, goes for 24 hours. 24 hours. You're not going to have the okay. same guy driving it. God, and then could also, you oh, Jesus. Geez. There'd be a lot more wrecks than this one. That <laughs> oh. joke. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I would go to it every year and stand far back if I could mm-hmm. watch somebody try to race at these speeds for 24 hours straight, it would be a real bloodbath. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but these are gonna be the guys, the, the three I've mentioned that are gonna get us out in front. And also a, a man by the name of Lance Macklin for Austin Healy, um, which is a British team, British car, again. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what Austin Healy is, but I, I assumed it was the name of a car. So I figured it, that yeah, part out. Yeah, very nice. Funny. Yes. And yes. Yay. Car, car, car points. Car points. Car points. Yay. We get car points this episode. <laughs> Instead of gold stars. <laughs> oh my God. I was taking a drink and I almost spit out <laughs> of that bear. Instead of gold stars, we get car stickers. <laughs> car stickers. Yay. Get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> um, now, we speak to this all the time on this podcast. You still hear me clearly, correctly? Sorry, guys. No, we're You're just hearing us trial and error our new recording systems, and I know we've had some issues. Um, we speak to this all the time on the podcast. We, the human race, we learn by trial and error. Things that were never imagined become reality. And inevitably, when they go horribly wrong, we build upon and that death. knowledge in future. Um, and death. <laughs> Trial, and death. error, and death. <laughs> oh, so much death, but we're almost grateful for it, uh, sadly enough, because otherwise we wouldn't have a show. Um, right. Understand that safety standards and safety measures we take for granted now weren't common knowledge in 1955. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as an example, throw it out there historically, we didn't know that you don't lick radium paintbrushes in a watch factory until people's faces started to fall off from radium poisoning. (laughs) Now we know. So... That's where we were. More you know. (laughs) I cannot believe we were. I can't believe you said it. How we shouldn't and we don't lick radium paintbrushes. Because believe it or not, radium is radioactive. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm dying. 
We paint watchdowls. Like, we paint watchdowls with this. It's so cool that it glows for no apparent reason at all. They were Um, Okay, they needed a, a taste. Just a taste, Jessica. Just one taste. Well, they had to. They had to actually. I'm gonna sidestep here for. They had to get the paintbrushes sharp again to paint the minute watch faces and so the actual it. dials. Yes. After oh, they God. just dipped it in radium paint. I was like, which where's the water or a paper towel or or a towel? <laughs> just or a, the a, hazmat a suit. Uh-huh. Or the hazmat suit T-shirt that you something. need. To be around radium all day, specifically that like lead covered hazmat suit, yes. you know, the Chernobyl yes. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we mean by the technology we had kind of outstripping our pool of knowledge. And this is very, very applicable to what's going to happen with our Le Mans race. Um, The racetrack construction and building crash-resistant cars wasn't in that common knowledge pool in 1955 because the car technology had far outstripped what what everybody was ready for. And there were some changes to the track on top of lack of roll bars, airbags, seatbelts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Actually, real quick, another side note, drivers thought at the time it was better to be thrown clear of the crash versus being trapped in a burning car. Um, but again, you know, crash dummy tests weren't like commercials at the time. So they didn't see what happened. And remember, these are open air cars, which they still race in, in some, you know, drag races and things like that. But still, the cars are made to take an impact with like three point harnesses. Um, what drivers thought like that if they were thrown clear of the crash, like, I don't know, maybe they thought they could walk it off like they're freaking Iron Man after they just got punched <laughs> in the face by Thanos. I don't know what that thought process was, but that's what it was. So that's fun. No, Jessica, it's the tuck and roll. Just just tuck and roll. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Oh, God. No, no, I mean, no, when you're I'm just going to cartwheel myself out, cartwheel and pose, stick the landing, stick the landing. If Jessica. I have learned anything <laughs> no about problem. me, stick it. <laughs> about my extensive reading in physics is that at 170 miles, you definitely stand a chance of tucking and rolling. Tuck and roll. Duh. Tuck Everybody and knows that. Duh. Oh. <laughs> so, no, just cartwheel that shit. God. One, one hand. Cartwheel it. As long as you stick it, that's all that matters. Stick just the fall out of that shit like Dominic does, and you will be fine. Fine. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, the circuit the racing circuit had also actually been made shorter, which was very new as the track hadn't really changed since its creation in 1923 when the top speed had been around 60 miles an hour. And here's where technology is going to outstrip knowledge. In 1955, the top speed of these cars was somewhere near 170 miles an hour. 
Um, which I believe stock cars now, <laughs> even stock cars now, like let's say a NASCAR race, I did, uh, 200 to 20, and that's the yeah. top speed. And again, yeah, we we're, we're showing like how dumb we are. No, okay. we looked up last time. Remember, it was over 200 miles an hour, 200 uh, plus. We're in that, but we're pretty close with this in 1955. Yeah. Which I'm talking not stock cars today. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I'm not impressed with the improvement. Well, we met, look, we, we reached our peak in 1955 and we were just now managed to get a little over 200. Really? We well, went from the 20s, we were going 60, and 55, we're going 170. So just saying. <laughs> Whoa, hey. Saying. Regardless, it's definitely new. Still, the track had been made wider and kind of resurfaced post-23, but probably not enough for 175 or 170 miles per hour. New pits had been made as well as the stands, but with 60 miles per hour in mind versus 170 miles an hour per mm -hmm. mind, or, or in mind, if that makes sense. When they, when they built it, they were still thinking 60 miles per hour versus They're 100. still in, in that 1923 mode Back when they needed desperately day. in that five mode uh, back in my day we were going at top speed 60 miles an hour couldn't that generate fast. 121 like gigawatts of electricity you needed a lightning storm for doc and marty but apparently you can make a car go 170 so maybe move the flux capacitor into a mercedes 300 sl slr versus you know a delorean just a thought. Oh, Just nerds. a thought. I realize. Well, yeah. There, there. We have the issue of fuel. It's not about the speed. I realize it. Save your emails. Shove them up your ass. I don't um, even know what you're talking about. So when no. <laughs> You don't. It's okay. I just went real nerd, and I apologize. Yeah, so when reconstruction. <laughs> well, I deserved it, nerd. It's like Homer when Flanders walks by. Nerd! Nerd! Uh, now, nerd! When reconstruction occurred, no one thought to put any barriers between the track and the pits. Or, for that matter, um, any kind of deceleration lane. So, i.e. in a racetrack now, when you go into the pits, there, there's a lane to decelerate. You're not holding up traffic for the main racers that are going at top speeds. And also, no one thought to put anything more than a dirt bank between the track and the grandstands that would be full of spectators. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Fuck, 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 fuck. This race is a big draw. It was a big draw then. It's still a big draw. And a lot of people went to see this race every year. Hmm. Um, well, this even is before a recipe for disaster. That's exactly right. So even before this race starts, they have all these events. And I don't know, like food trucks. I don't know what the 1955 equivalent was. <laughs> Uh, I don't food, know. I don't think they had food trucks, babe. I really, I'm really 100% they did not have food Hot trucks. Hot dog on a stick. Hot dog on a stick. Who knows? 
bread could have still had been like more the farmers market. The farmers market was set up. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Like I said, bread was probably still war rationed. I know it wasn't in 1955. I'm being a smart ass. Um, <laughs> uh, that takes us kind of up to, that's our background, takes us up to the day of the race, which kicked off, okay. off at 4 p.m. that Saturday. No one was surprised to see Hawthorne and Fangio going at it hard, um, especially uh. as Fangio had had a bad start. I think leg or something got caught when he hopped in the car because remember these were not closed cabs. These are open air convertible racers. Um, uh, so I think his pant leg had gotten caught when he hopped in the car. So he, he stumbled a bit out of the gate. And again, I know okay. I'm mixing metaphors. <laughs> I know that I just said basically something for horse racing, which I understand versus auto racing. Give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's again, it sounds just fine to me. I love it, though. Okay, there we go. So he stumbles out of the gate. Um, point is, Fangio and Hawthorne, especially Fangio, was in it to win it as he'd had this bobble at the start. And as a result, he was kind of throwing caution to the wind. So people are tailgating each other. People are getting mm. really aggressive. Um, aggressive, aggressive. Aggressive, no aggressive. Passive, aggressive. <laughs> no, there's nothing passive about this. This is like straight up track wars. I don't know. Yeah. That should be instead of storage <laughs> wars, I would quite frankly watch track wars. Agreed. So Bongio again is a tried and true champion. And Hawthorne, who's a relatively new driver, had just gotten his wins that year. Hawthorne's two paces up on Fangio. So Fangio's being as aggressive as can be and taking a lot of risks to make up for this bad start. And anything to remain on the same lap as Hawthorne. And that also translates to Hawthorne, who's a new driver and is being hyper-aggressive, uh, making throwing caution to the winds because he finds himself there himself two paces up on Fangio, which nobody called out of the start. Plus he's driving for Jaguar versus Mercedes. It's like, it's hot. It's the game gets hot, basically. Only a yeah. car racing. Um, so while these two are, the point is Hawthorne and Fangio are so focused on each other and taking home the cup that they don't, pay that much attention to everything else that's happening on the track. Mm. Hawthorne's crew is signaling Hawthorne to come in for a pit stop, but Hawthorne isn't giving it away to Fangio for anything and goes mm. an additional two laps to really try and cement his lead so that when he comes out of the pit, you know, he, he's got a little wiggle room. But per Per his Jaguar racing contract, he is required to come in for a stop after the two additional laps to refuel. So basically, oh. the way I'm thinking is the contract is when your crew, who's in charge of keeping a very expensive race car running at top quality oh, for yeah. 24 hours, when they signal you maybe have a two-lap leeway before, all right, Sunny Boy, like we've signaled you have to come in. 
we we have to lift the car over. We have to refuel. We've got to take care of it. We've got 24 more hours to go. Okay. Um, and at this point, it's around 626. They're only, they're only two hours into the race when oh, all of this is oh, down. Okay. Yeah. So a bunch of cars are pulling off to refuel when sneaky Stan LaVey, the other Mercedes driver, suddenly and unexpectedly passes Mercedes teammate Fangio, sliding oh, into second place second directly place. Yeah. behind, and like wedged behind Hawthorne. <laughs> Talk about being up someone's ass. <laughs> pretty much, like it's Hawthorne is being ass grabbed by LeVay, and then LeVay's being ass grabbed by uh, Fangio. Like it's yes. real, real close. It's like um, a super triple team there. <laughs> oh, the tightest. The tightest. Horn <laughs> couldn't ride it. Okay. <laughs> so remember. This is for reputation. So everyone is, again, being hyper aggressive. Um, <clears throat> at this point, these cars are almost just like metaphors for penises, right? I was going to say who's got the bigger penis and who can fit it in closest who's to the fit it in <laughs> to the smaller hole. Oh, yes. <laughs> how fast, how slow, how nuanced mm -hmm. can your movement be? Pretty <laughs> Very sexual. Yes. Um, remember, Hawthorne has to review or refuel coming in on the second lap. Now he has to go into the pits. This may get a little confusing, um, but I'm going to do my very best to explain what happened. Okay. First, we have to understand two things. One, there is a slight weird curve in the road near the pits that puts the stands and the crowding viewing terraces in a direct path of any crash that should occur if it occurred there. So okay. a crash occurs going into the pit lane, that car is gonna launch directly into people. It was a weird design flaw of when they shortened the circuit, when they were doing that, it, they just didn't think of it. Yeah. And two, again, there's no deceleration lane for the pits. No place to exit the track as you're going in and slow down. You just slow down suddenly on the track and pulled into your pit area and hope wow. to stop the landing, I guess. Wow, that sounds super smart. Right? Super safe. Um, Let's just stop in the middle of the road when everybody's going 170 miles an hour. Oh my god, uh, did you not see the baby well. ducks there? Like, we had to slow <laughs> down. It was a thing. It was pretty much. Yeah. This wasn't a huge deal at 60 miles, miles per hour. Um, it's going to be a very big deal going 150 to 170 miles per hour. So, obviously. I mean, I don't think that takes much bearing or explanation. So let me see if I can try to describe what happens correctly. Hawthorne okay. passes Macklin, who's behind, okay. in the Austin Healy. It, it, he, he's almost a lap behind, if that makes sense. So he cuts in front of him to get into the pit lanes, slams on his 
kick ass and as we have established superior brake system that his Jaguar is outfitted with, which we know not so for the Austin Healy. Um, and so Macklin, who doesn't have the same kind of brakes, he's stuck behind Hawthorne, who's trying to brake suddenly and pull in to, to refuel. There's no place for Hawthorne to slow down and slide into the pits, if we'll remember. So mm -hmm. if you just stop and pull in directly from the track, Macklin, therefore, when Hawthorne breaks in front of him to pull into the pits, Macklin can't shut it down in time to avoid a sudden rear-end collision with Hawthorne. So instinctually, or maybe there was a temporary loss of control from trying to break so suddenly with those shit breaks in the Austin Healy, whatever the reason, Macklin swerves across the track and directly into the path of Pierre LeVay and his Mercedes, who is oh, in no. second place, has already had a pit stop, and is driving full freaking tilt. Um, like, oh, and hauling ass at a rip-roaring 150 miles an hour. So here we've got Macklin, who's slowed to, I'm going to say, no control of the car. It's probably skidded. It's probably slowed. He's just trying not to slam into Hawthorne when he's been going that. Yeah. Now you've got this 150 mile an hour, this Mercedes and LeVay are going to slam into him. Yeah. So LeVay's last act, and this is kind of our hero of this story, because I thought, yay, shit, this is pretty yay, cool, because you know you're going to die. You're looking, you're looking down the, uh, the old pipe there. LeVay's last act was to signal, which I don't know what this signal would be other than like maybe a middle finger. Or, I was thinking um, like baseball, point. like elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Here comes a crap. <laughs> I don't know what base coach, I don't know what base coach magic he did. Maybe just a finger in the other direction. Um, but he signals his teammate Foggio, who's in third place, of the impending crash and Foggio through some very kick-ass driving is just able and I encourage everybody to go watch it on YouTube because it is oh my god unbelievable. insane Ooh. and there's quite a few different videos um but I think we should put out on our page maybe a uh a, an actual link to the one you sent because oh, we'll, there are we'll try to put an actual link to it with with no commentary or anything but he's able to signal Foggio so once you get through watching the initial crash you can also see Foggio catches the signal and does some amazing driving and is able to avoid the collision without a scratch uh -huh. as are the other cars behind him who he has signaled that this is like coming so, it's unavoidable so it, it was like he might have signaled one life but then that one life took that opportunity to save everybody else's correct that was behind that is, so that's actually oh pretty god. cool oh god that's I, amazing. I thought especially when you're looking down the pipe and you know you're gonna die like there's yeah no it's kind of like it's exactly like david johnson back in our um mount saint helen how he's been telling everybody everybody excuse me that this they were all wrong and he was right 
And when it happened, when the explosion happened, he was able to get on an intercom and warn and save people. It's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And instead, we talked about how we would have been like, fuck you, fuck you, I was right. <laughs> Y'all yeah, suck. Exactly, exactly. If I'm going to crash and die, you're all going to crash and die. That would have maybe been died. my thought. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a big person like these people are. Um, that's why I do this podcast. Um, <laughs> like we said, didn't really help LaVey, though. As he was at that speed, unable to avoid Macklin and his Austin Healy 100, now firmly in his Mercedes path. LaVey's front right wheel drove right up onto Macklin's rear left, basically acting as a launch ramp right at that weird kink in the road that we talked about. So this puts the stands and the terraces directly in the tra like trajectory of the crash. LaVey's, I don't even think I said that correctly, trajectory. The trajectory of the crash. Tra there we go. I don't know, you say it better than me. So. Uh, right. Uh, LaVey's Mercedes launched into the earth embankment after rolling, like flipping over for about 260 feet. LaVey was thrown free of the car where his skull is crushed on impact, like wow. we said, no tuck and roll, with the ground. Now, well, he forgot this to initial roll. crash, he <laughs> forgot, clearly, clearly. He tried to cartwheel. He tried to cartwheel and backflip, okay? You can't <laughs> react at 150 miles an hour? Who knew? What? Um, Who knew? This is terrible. This guy's a hero. We should stop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, sorry. This initial crash launches the heaviest parts of the car, so that's going to be engine, radiator, front suspension, straight into the crowd. The debris flew flaming hot, approximately 330 feet directly into the crowd, decimating everyone and everything in its path. And again, we'll we'll try to link it on social media. It is it's, the it's most metal. One of the most metal things you'll ever watch, I do have to say. Like, and, and I have watched a lot of horrific things. It's literally just a slight, oh my gosh, he's breaking. I'm gonna I'm gonna literally just move and he hits another car. That car just right on the edge that it it hits him and he hits the bank and it literally just like catapults him. And yeah, the car because just it's absolutely the most insane video insane. I've ever seen. It, it, and we've just, watched a lot of people die on the internet, quite frankly. And yeah. this was one of those that I was just like, <gasps> because, you know, I'm writing this. It does. I'm writing this. I'm looking up and I think it, it, it's this massive amount of time. He has maybe three seconds to react, which is even. all the more impressive that he signals his teammate. I'm going to die. <laughs> like I am going to crash and burn. Bye. And bye. Love Peace. you, mean it. So everyone, and, <laughs> everyone for this 350 feet that this engine block, everything, radiator, whatever, rolls into the crowd. Uh, and you can see it, everything, everyone in its path, absolutely decimated. But on top of that, 
the hood flies way further like a rotating frisbee through the crowd decapitating Ugh. everyone in its path Ugh. i mean it's horrific you can watch it it's horrific I mean... it's pretty much a horizontal guillotine it's oh my god <laughs> just like <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> well, I don't know how else to explain it, Bethany. No, I'm la- no, no, I'm laughing because that felt really uncomfortably right. Yeah, because it just slices heads right off. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say it's like Wild Wild West. You remember it's that a- movie with Will oh, Smith? Vaguely. They've got these metal, looks like metal, not cones, you know, like the dogs get at the, the vet, but... It's yeah. ma- a magnet, and they release these like flying saw, like these flying saws that are magnetized. And when they pretty get much to, slices through, pretty <laughs> much because it just slices heads. Right now. <laughs> it slices heads like right off. It is 1793, the terror only horizontal. Um, it's so brutal. And so metal, it almost sounds unreal when we're describing it. And it almost feels unreal when you watch but it, it now. Yeah, but that's real video. You can't fake that shit. That's not fake news. No, okay. no. And it's old <laughs> news reels. And, and they showed things as it was back in the day. Yeah, they showed, so, they, they, uh, disclaimer, there are dead bodies that are shown. On you don't the, watch that. a lot of people die. It's rough. So when the Mercedes finally stopped rolling, it actually exploded, which showers mm-hmm. the surviving crowd with flaming flecks of magnesium. Oh, fun. Um, I'm not going to go into the construction of the Mercedes 300 SLR. SLR. I'm, not, I'm not doing all of that. Just know that there was a lot of magnesium in the body. It, it wasn't um, a messed up fuel supply. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, Officials attempt to douse the car with water. They are unfamiliar with magnesium fires. I'm not up for the chemistry lesson. So just take what I'm saying for true as they were, you know, they were unfamiliar. And so pouring water on a magnesium fire essentially intensified the the inferno which caused the car to burn for hours now macklin survived but not before the austin healy was knocked into the pit area which plowed over some more people i believe they did survive yeah everyone was in shock because they couldn't see from down there people announcing everybody everywhere else that was waiting to watch the race they couldn't see the extent of the damage when hawthorne came in to the pits he was like insane because he was adamant that it was all his fault um so despite not wanting to the next driver in line had to take over for him why because they didn't red flag and stop the race what 
What? Why? What the hell? Why would you do that? Oh, there's well, not I just like too. decapitated people sitting next to next to you on the stands. Little Johnny's heads missing, and we're like, oh, I'm just gonna eat my splattered blood popcorn and watch the no. rest of this fucking race. <laughs> what the fuck? God. God. Everybody needed iron in 1955, Beth, and you didn't knock it. <laughs> knock it till you try blood popcorn. <laughs> are they all fucking vampires jesus <laughs> no because they were all sparkling in the french sun yes okay <laughs> god i'll get actually, it right there is kind of a sensible well actually well actually, actually. God, i hate that goddamn phrase so much <laughs> it is directed to me all hours of the day and night on twitter <laughs> I do kind of, if this was the only motivation, I do kind of agree. Maybe it was smart, maybe it wasn't. Officials saw it as if they stop the race, spectators are going to try to leave in mass. And if they did that, they're going to clog up all the entrances, exits, and make it hard for emergency workers to enter freely. Which takes us to stampede. I swear to God, we are going to do some human stampede. I'm super excited. I want to talk about it. I want to talk uh, about the death. I want to talk about it all. Uh, I'm going to let you do a backwards body count of a human stampede. I think we have one in mind. That's a really good one. And a, an oldie but a goodie, as we've already an said. An oldie um, but a goodie. We're going to get to your human stampede obsession. I don't know. I don't know if that's all of it. There may have been matters of tradition. <laughs> there may have been matters of tradition when it came to the race. I mean, you, you do traditionally finish the race after all, or economic. Maybe if people were skittish next year, um, they definitely wouldn't come back despite the wreck, but they definitely aren't going to come back if you don't finish the race, right? Or maybe press-related reasons. Um, and maybe if everybody was, I wouldn't come back because I just watched, you know, all these people get decapitated. That might be they, another reason. Okay. Um, you know, but like, think about maybe if they don't finish the race. So on top of that, there might have been that economic factor that they're not going to finish the oh, race. Yeah. It kind of puts a sour grape on top of something that's already gone horribly wrong. Maybe press related. Everyone was more focused on the 24 hours in the winter that they wouldn't pay as much attention to all the dead bodies. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Okay. Either way, I I don't disagree with that initial assessment if that was the reason for the people leaving in mass clogging the entrances and exits. Mm -hmm. But can I say if I had seen that like Uber? Uber, or, well, I don't know. 1955, another car, a bicycle, a bicycle. my legs, bicycle. or just walk. Whatever I was gonna say. <laughs> Back then, you just walked places. <laughs> if I see what I've seen in video footage, I'm out. I'm done. Done. I'm, I'm not down to watch the rest. I'm done with car races the rest of my life. Uh, it's that horrific. So, yeah, at least. 40 were already reported dead immediately, almost within 30 minutes of the accident by the media, more or less the injured. LaFay's 
body was left just smoldering in like full view on the edge of the track until somebody finally covered it up which dear god okay cool that's respectful Uh, super respectful and i guess maybe while this guy's body is just burning on the sidelines never mind maybe they didn't want to distract anybody else at this point i guess like just run over him run over him and come to the pits where we don't need anybody else distracted so oh god Mercedes teams finally got the go-ahead to pull out of the race around midnight, and they were just completely gone, tense, everything mm-hmm. by morning. Um, because any way that Mercedes painted it, they knew they would essentially, it was going to be a public relations disaster yeah. for them. as their car that flipped into the stands. When Jaguar was asked if it would respond in kind out of respect... They declined, you know, just despite having had a big part in Uh, the crash. That's that's in it to win it right there, Bethany. (laughs) Right. Remember, they popped their cherry at this race. They're not letting her go. They're not letting her go. No matter if there's 83 people gone. (laughs) No. We didn't just build this multi-million dollar, or I guess maybe million dollars 1955 cash mm-hmm. race car to to puss out let's put it that way um <laughs> so with mercedes out and ferraris all broke down during the course of the race no surprise jaguar won the 1955 mm. le mans at least i could say they were classy enough to have no victory party so there's that and this Whoa. is Bethany, I'm sorry, Jessica. Everything, they won by default, so... Uh, essentially, <laughs> yes, they did. I agree with that, 110%. Yeah. But this is my favorite start, like, part of the story, Bethany. Okay. And it's going to become very clear why. A French magazine published a photo of the Hawthorne, because this is a 24-hour race, after this guy's been traumatized that he caused this, he's going to have to go to sleep and race again, right? Like, yeah. he's not done. A French magazine published a photo of Hawthorne and the victorious team with the caption, To your health, Mr. Hawthorne. Oh, I love the French. Oh, wow. I freaking hurt the French so much sometimes um, because I appreciate that sarcasm that almost understated sarcasm and in light of everything that's pretty funny Mm, pretty funny yeah (laughs) a lot to me that our hero of the week wasn't my favorite part of the story but that was yeah (laughs) someone's sarcasm but i mean Oh, it's, I'm <laughs> silent opera clapping for whoever wrote that caption <laughs> because it is amazing. Like, amazing. Yes. I love it so much. So, racing bands popped up in countries all over the world. Some, such mm-hmm. as Switzerland, still exist to this day outside of, you know, electric car races. Mm-hmm. Um, until all these countries could bring tracks, cars, procedures, etc., 
uh, to a much higher safety standard that matched the capabilities of the cars in question. Now, once once all of those things had been taken into account, a lot of these bans were lifted within the year. Um, many well, of the teams, that's good. Uh, many of the teams involved, their drivers just retired, including Macklin after the event. Fangio never raced the Le Mans again. Poor Hawthorne. I mean, bless his heart. He can't, he couldn't at the end of the day know, you know, that your brakes are going to work so much better than somebody else's. So Hawthorne took a lot of shit and the media blamed him for the crash. And everyone's really not his fault. That's what kind of makes me mad. But then when he. It's not his fault, but also when he wrote his autobiography, he completely left out that it could be his fault at all. So a, a mm. lot of people were embittered by that later. Like it or not, he's the one that slammed. It was driving more aggressive. He could have gone into pit when Fangio, LeVay, all of them went in. And I, I don't think it's his fault. I think you're exactly right, but I don't think that you can just delete that from your history either. Yeah. Uh, just because you don't want to remember it doesn't mean it goes away. <laughs> exactly. It's and, still there. <laughs> but I don't think it's it's necessarily fair to put the blame of the crash on all him. Of, yeah, yeah, because it's really not all of it either. No, but take take responsibility for your own actions. You decided to not go into the pit when you were supposed to. And maybe if you had done that, it wouldn't have been, you know, people wouldn't be behind you accelerating. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, when everybody else wrote their accounts, like Macklin, Fangio, they all laid the blame completely on Hawthorne. Well, that's not his fault Mm. that his car had better brakes. That, you know, that the car built the car. Yeah, he was like, you know what? It. I'm gonna go He's in there and put brakes on there. Yeah, <laughs> he can't oh. know that nobody else had, had a his... state of an art braking set. He he just can't yeah. know that. So I mean, I, I thought it was an inch. Eventually, an investigation concluded that no single team or driver was fully responsible. And oh, it was yeah. just a horrible accident. Uh, yeah. Yes. No. I agree. I mean, again, Mercedes, Healy, they they weren't working in the realm of these were new cars. This this technology had far stripped beyond. They crash tested these. It hadn't occurred to anybody to do that. It's 1955. They just now got them going 170 miles an hour. You know. And yeah. Yeah. The seats of Le Mans were moved and the track design was altered. The okay. death of the spectators was ultimately blamed on inadequate safety conditions. Which is true. That is true. Which is true. Especially concerning Yay. design. Um, which, if you go back Blame. to 53, when the cars had had really stepped up their game and had gotten faster. A lot of drivers had been questioning since 1953 if they shouldn't change pit design. And sad to say, this ultimately brings it to everybody's attention that, oh, maybe these guys that drive these super fast cars know what the hell they're talking about. Hmm. Hmm. I am excited 
I am excited the fact that the blame at, at you know at least some of the blame actually went to the right place. For no, I agree. It was on on safety it was on and the auto houses. It was on the construction of the racetrack. It was we weren't trying to find a scapegoat. Everybody that was involved was ultimately found at fault. Yes. You know. Which is Yay. something new and different for us. For us, I was gonna say, I well, I don't think we've experienced that yet. But uh, so. I can only assume because this f up doesn't involve a government or a sovereign nation. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because so true. people can actually be, you know, at this time in history, folks, and this is something new and different for us. Corporations could be held accountable for their actions. So, you know, yeah. take that with what you will. So, what do we learn? Every mistake, every accident, they're always tragic, no doubt. But nothing specifically like this had yet to happen. And we learned from it. Cars continued to race and they were made safer. And the things we learned from this terrible accident passed from the realm of racing to commercial vehicle and commercial roadway construction. Cars and the roads they drive on have become better, been built better because of something that at the time seems so senseless, which takes us back to history as a whole. Every horrible thing that has ever happened, guess what? There's an existing historical precedent to build from, there is. Whether it's yes. car construction or war, something similar has occurred before. You may have to dig, you may have to interpret something that happened 100 years ago to something that happened 1300 years ago, but there's always a rhyming aspect. And the Le Mans disaster happens to be one of those really big firsts on the list. Therefore, yes. if something similar happened before in human history, we're, we're never actually making a completely uninformed decision. Never. Never should you hear a president of country, or in this case, the president of an auto club say, we don't have a precedent because I said so, because there should be no yeah, decision made no. out of thin air. No, there's always a precedent. Now, again, whether it may be from the Mongols to the 1955 Le Mans disaster, there's a precedent. Now, mm -hmm. you may have to come and study, like we said. It is what it is. Um, but more importantly, that's, the way we that's, learn. We, that's how we learn. That's why history is so important. And the Le Mans disaster was the precedent for auto safety in a modern era on both a competitive and a commercial basis that we still use I was gonna say day. we do that. We do that now. We we even on the brand new twenty. Probably they already have a twenty twenty car. So I mean, it's just like they are going to continue and continue to push the limits, and that means they're going to push the safety regulations and and the ways to keep us safe. Which but thank you God, can also say like God they care. All of those all of those concept cars. Now, there are concept cars that are constructed for look or for feel, but a lot of concept cars come out specifically for the purpose of auto racing. And so every new safety procedure 
or every new safety, uh, what's the word, I'm, a feature that exists in your vehicle was something that came from the testing of these concept cars, because mm -hmm. that's the primary place to test them. Yeah. And so it's really, really interesting that if you have a Mercedes-Benz now that goes 170 miles an hour, a lot of those safety features that you have started with that 300 SLR, you know, back in 1955. That's just the okay. way it was. But that I think we've talked is. enough about, that's the way it is. I think we've talked about shit we don't understand quite enough <laughs> for a day. Yeah. Um, Agreed. My brain so is mush. <laughs> my, my brain is mush. Let's go ahead and counterculture it up. Um, yeah. As always, I'm going to plug Care Rescue, Te or Care Rescue Texas, carerescuetexas.com, care rescue, at Care Rescue Texas on all social media. Um, you know, go check them out. They do amazing work for animal rescue that I'm just in awe of. Um, also, big shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Emily, Monica, Maria. We love you guys. We also love the Lady yes. Pod Squad, Boobies and Newbies, The Spear and Distress, everybody else. Um, also, much love for Massive Late Fee, which yes. is a great pod. Oh, God, I, we can't function without them, guys. And, and they do huge things for us no we, we'd be so effed in the a without them um effed <laughs> in the a <laughs> i'm trying not to cuss as much i was gonna say i was the one cussing on this podcast today so sorry i thought i've done very very well you have i did not could be the adderall it's surprisingly focusing when you go back on it and have severe adhd so yeah. here we are um, what you mean what? things actually work when you take them for your your issues what oh my god are you gonna it's it's a we can all relate to it's a common thing with with different mental health issues that we don't mm -hmm. sometimes want to take our meds we just don't um what? but i'm back Come on mine people i'm back like on us. all of mine i'm back on all of mine everything included so i'm yes i feel like i'm more focused i feel like you're more focused because i'm not out there in the stratosphere who do you love for counterculture um well you named off so many good ones um i want to do the uh french history podcast and Dr. God, Warren and Dr. Warren uh why am I drawing a blank on his last name? I don't know. Jessica, what's the his doctor. last name? Dr. Dr. Warren. Darn it. He's if he listens to this, he's gonna be so mad that I forgot his he name. He listens to this that we're both fucking blinking on his last name. Dr. Warren, oh. you know who you are. And Barry, Barry's awesome. Oh my God, I love Barry so much at Barry Motivates on Twitter. I oh, think so that's you, it. You remember his? What is it? Oh my God! Why? I don't know that I remember it. This is gonna drive me crazy. You you keep talking. I'm gonna find him. You look it up. Um. Oh, Doctor Warren, Doctor, Doctor. Uh, 
You were right. There I think you go. said doctor. Dr. Warren, doctor. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, he's absolutely freaking fantastic. We are, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm hoping to have him on in September. We're not going to do a body count. We are actually going to, you know, plug his book, which is unlike what I do. Um, you know, a, a real and serious book that I want to talk about. You, you should definitely go check it out. Follow him on Twitter. Um, I believe it's called Churchill and the Islamic World. Ooh. I don't believe I'm incorrect. Um, I've read it. I've listened to some of the lectures. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So when that comes out on paperback, we are going to have him on in September because I think oh, it's in a very important book. I think it's very, very interesting to look at the devolution of the British Empire through almost a, a framework of Churchill's life and specifically that relationship in terms with the Islamic world and Islamic empires. I think it's fascinating. And then is it at Barry Motivates? I don't know. Will you look it up for me? And Barry is super awesome historian. He does a lot of work with uh, a bunch of different networks, but he always has at, fun at Barry. Yes, it's at Barry Motivates. At Barry Motivates in, on Twitter. I also want to do deep into history. Um, you already said boobies and newbies, but I want to do drinking with nerds. Um, Can we do at cooking with grief? How much do at I cooking with grief? Love those people. They are the I best clapbacks. Or twat back people ever. Uh, the twat back <laughs> like kings. I absolutely love them. They, they always have our back and they always have great tweets and they have a great show, more importantly. And yes. it's a fun look at history. And then you talked earlier about French history podcasts and I want to talk again. Pretty soon, we are going to be doing a Nancy Wake the White Mouse series with them. Yes. And I'm very, very excited. I think I might lay aside my dunce cap for a few episodes and be a real historian again with those guys. Um, but Bethany, you're going to be there to keep us honest and stop us okay. from uh, nerding <laughs> get out. Get too nerdy. I was going to say, get too nerdy. <laughs> I'll be like, nerd, nerd, about, I have like, a question. Uh, <laughs> nerds i have questions arguing about finite nerd points well actually you're always there to stop me doing it i did it earlier i'm gonna start tallying i'm gonna start doing a tally every time i hear well actually <laughs> but right now they are in i believe the, the conquest of gaul where they're they're looking at caesar um it it's I love the podcast. I can't say enough about it. Um, I really can't. I can't. I absolutely love French history podcasts. I think they do a, a stupendous job. And a lot of times on here, I try to make, I try to popularize history. And in a way they do, they bring it to you very much that you can understand. But, you know, we're analysis opinions. We tell you straight up, we're not going to be a Hoover X or Hoover S just the facts ma'am history podcast but they very much are um they have a very dan carlin hardcore history-esque demeanor and i really enjoy mm -hmm. it um have we 
Oh my God, please go follow at, look up Stephanie's Twitter handle for me. Okay, hold on. I've got to pull that. Steph, it's at Steph, S-T-E-P-H underscore Andrews, A-N-D-R-E-W-S, and then capital A, capital U, because unfortunately she's an Auburn fan. Got she's her, amazing. Uh, I don't care. I'm not an SEC person, so I have no dog in this fight. Yeah. I had to pick um, but she's Auburn and Alabama. Amazing, so. and, and she's such a huge supporter of this podcast. Will you look up Emmett's for me as well? Gosh, I guess. No, it's it's at. I bet you already got it up. <laughs> I know it's at capital A capital U ugh, underscore <laughs> Emmett E capital E M M E T T. That's what his is. Um, they are tremendous supporters of podcasts. Um, they're absolutely amazing. If you've got a podcast that you think is listenable out there, please, please go and follow them. They, they'll retweet your stuff. They'll get involved. Um, it's actually a, a fun little story. Uh, that's how we all connected me, mm-hmm. them, and the three of us, and eventually Bethany, because we're huge fans of a podcast called Small Town Murder at mm-hmm. Murder Small on Twitter. So um, we, we kind of all connected that way. But if you've got something worth listening, I suggest you go and follow them. They'll give you great feedback. They're excellent. I mean, they're, they're supportive in every way possible. Um, I can't think of everybody else that we, we want to love on right now. We love you all there, period. Oh, we love, we love you all. all. And oh, we just have- we love you, Potaskew, too. Oh, Potaskew. We love you, CJ. We love you, Rico. It's stupid how much we love you guys and how much support you give us. And 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 we do. We do love you. We promise. And we're we're getting nerdier, as a matter of fact, because of yes, you because twice. Because of them. So, yes. Yeah, me too. Sorry, I don't mean to call I, you twice. I mean, but you, it's I out of love. I do mean to call you twice. But it's out of love. <laughs> it is out of love. I'm I'm not calling you other things. That's that's pretty nice. Um, so I think we're done. I think we're yes. done. done. For once, we had a little moment to give people that we need to give love to love. And I know it's a long episode. Um, and I know I say I'm a lot. I think it was a necessary <laughs> one. I think it was. A- fun one and I suggest everybody go out and watch this on YouTube after you finish this episode and we're we're gonna put a disclaimer that maybe go watch it before because it is the most astounding historical footage I've ever seen I don't know about you Bethany agreed I've watched the challenger blow up Um, I'm old enough to have watched the first Gulf War on television. You went home, you said, what are we going to watch tonight? We said, the war. The war. <laughs> the war. <laughs> We're both old enough to have watched all those things and have very vivid memories. We remember the the wall coming down. We remember so many things. But even so, this footage was some of the roughest I've seen. 
I it even it happened so fast. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I didn't watch it until after I'd done this episode, and I almost immediately regretted doing this episode because I almost thought, ah, oh, shit, I don't need to be doing this. So, so we encourage you all to go see it. So let's do. Our network plugs at Big Heads Media on Twitter, bigheadsmedia.com. You can also find the show at Body Count Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We're getting better with Insta- you know, Instagram. We're mostly on Twitter. Um, there's um again. Body Count <laughs> History Pod, bodycounthistorypod.com. You can email me directly, like I said. Please don't bother my co-host, Jessica Manor, at bodycountpod.com. You can get it directly from their website. Please don't DM them. Please don't email them. Put it where it belongs. I can't overstate that enough. However, if you like them versus me, who does all of this, yes. <laughs> If you like how they argue with me, <laughs> Bethany, where do people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Bethany Skelton five and on Instagram, Bethany R in 24. My God, that's like, I have to use cryptography to find you on social media. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Those are all so hard. Um, unlike Bethany, and I said, um, again, again, I'm aware that I'm working on it. Unlike Bethany, you can find me at Jessica B. Manor on both Twitter and Instagram. I wouldn't recommend following me on Instagram. I'm probably not going to give two tits, but I am always on Twitter and I am always active on there. So do feel free to hit me up. Um, 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 we're not um, on Facebook. Um, really quickly, though, <laughs> Bethany, you are on Facebook. Go ahead and plug your I Facebook. Am. I am on Facebook. It's Bethany Rose Skelton. Lovely. Yes. Bethany, mm-hmm. I thank you so much for joining me for this nightmare of (laughs) trying to work our way through something that we have no business talking about because we don't understand cars but i think we we acquitted ourselves i think we did okay i think we did great i mean i'm i am currently patting myself on the back so i'm patting myself on the back because i remembered mercedes 300 slr unless i i got it wrong and it's like srl or something it probably is gonna go ahead and warn you or austin healing 100 s i believe so i'm I'm super i never said what the jaguar was um i don't know why don't know why uh we got anything else nope no good no, nope. uh, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> I think. Um, next um, week, we'll see y'all. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I am no. never 110% certain. <laughs> yep, we fly by uh, the seat of our pants over here. <laughs> we fly by the seat of Jessica's reading 500 books at any given time. 
<laughs> and whichever she finishes first and whichever she thinks she can put out <laughs> the quickest outline on is what we cover. So, guys, we will see you next week. As always, thank you very much. Go find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash body count. Bye-bye. In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones, internet memes, sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers, part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship.